Yes, I'm a charismatic front man with great eyebrows and a mysterious sexuality. Radio X. <laughs> Russell Brand. Right, now I'm glad this has come up. <laughs> Radio X. You're listening to the Russell Brand podcast on Radio X. Thank you for downloading it. We appreciate your loyalty. You know, you, you could be listening to anything. You could be listening to John Ronson. You could be listening to Joe Rogan, Mark Marin. You could be listening to Under the Skin, my other podcast, but instead... You have chosen to listen to this, not instead, hopefully as well as in the case of Under the Skin. With me is, of course, if you want to subscribe to this, do subscribe to it. Subscribe. Go on. It ain't hard. Go on. Subscribe. Hit subscribe. That's it. Hit it. Hit it. Hit subscribe. Mr. G and Matt are here. Enjoyed the show, did you guys? You enjoy it, G? Yeah, really. I like the you know cartoonist guy. Oh, Brian Adcock. He was lovely, wasn't he? Matt, did you like Lisa Fenton? Yeah, I loved all of it, but this is before it. So, You're pre-empting it. have a little listen to what we've just been discussing. And while you do that, cup yourself. Cup yourself very firmly. Here is the show. I'll meet you afterwards. Russell Brand Radio X. Wait a minute. Before this, it was the Smiths. And now this is Russell Brand on Radio X. It's Sunday morning. The world seems different somehow now, doesn't it? A great new shift, a great new change, an elevation, a newness in the air, a bond, a togetherness, a real togetherness, people coming together as one, finally. And let's have a look at some of those people. Matt Morgan, he's one of the people that's coming together as one, just wiping a salad from his beard. How are you, Matt? I'm very well. You look well. Why are you dressed in this way today? What sort of way? Uh, I suppose it's, well, one of our producers said you look like Ian Beale's homeless phase. <laughs> well, that's what I was going for. No, I was um, I was listening to some rock music. I thought I might dress a bit rock today. Mm, why it's not? obviously not worked. No, no, you look sort of like someone who's rocked their way right out onto the streets. <laughs> for a Just kit. rocking on the corner. <laughs> rocking, swaying, bobbing. And with us too, in the spirit of unity, Mr G, you all right, mate? Yeah, real, real good. Happy to provide us with a poem to summarise this show, I hope, by the yes. end of it. Somehow it will come together. Somehow it does. Ladies and gentlemen, I urge you now to listen to this show and see how G somehow plucks from the swirl of madness individual oysters and derotated clams that somehow he weaves into a tapestry of words to summarise this madness and what madness it is and in spite of that and in spite of the fact that I consider us to be the fourth emergency service ahead even of lifeboats (laughs) is uh, because we get so much correspondence from the mentally ill saying how we, us three and the the team in general, I would have to say the whole team are contributing, uh, help them with their mental illness, perhaps providing context, I don't know or just a general sense of spirit. But we're being listened to everywhere, whether it's Karina Papacostas, hi, Russ, Matt and G, on holiday, listening to you all the way from a hot and sunny Cyprus. Would love a hello. Hello. Big fan of the show. Keep up the great work. Or whether it's uh, Sinead O'Connor responding to my video of the trues there with the, the, uh, uh, an, an idiom that I've never before counted. We were, you know, Sinead, of course, famously recently posted uh, sort of herself speaking to camera for a Facebook video where people had understandable and justifiable concerns for her mental health. Then we on The Trues made a video about that, put it on Facebook, etc. You know, a compassionate um, reach across the abyss 
there in uh, the the spirit of fatherhood, brotherhood, sisterhood, motherhood. She's reached right back. <laughs> She's reached right back, Sinead, with uh, the. I've never heard the phrase "horse it to me, boss." Horse uh, it into me, boss. Horse it into me, boss. That's even more direct. And uh, the, what a what a lovely sentiment that is. Like as a young man, I like to think it's the raw honesty of someone who's given up with the traditions of society yeah, that's the, <laughs> once you dispense with those niceties what's left is the language of the barnyard and a real sort of warmth she, she just knows what she wants <laughs> and she's prepared to ask for it in agricultural language horse yeah. into me i've never heard horse as a verb matt let's describe your uh, member i was just about to reach over to you in the spirit of fraternity and nod to a, a, a quip that you made before the show you look back when um you know if were you not in a stable relationship which is the kind of pun that's broadcastable on a sunday morning that's the pun level that we're uh, operating at and but we send our love don't we further affection to Sinead o'connor but it should be certainly should be tempered because uh i mean otherwise this could escalate i don't know what kind of farmyard animal she'll <laughs> next reference uh dear russell says mindy stuller i'm currently relaxing in a bath Loving the podcast from West Virginia in the US. What's going on? Is anything happening in Virginia at the moment? Is that where the absolute madness is being unleashed? No, I don't think it's West Virginia, is it? That's Virginia, Virginia. Virginia, Virginia. The West is a bit calmer there. Just moving. I've got an aunt that lives here. In West Virginia. Virginia. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. all fine there. People are in baths having a nice time. I never smile and laugh out loud like I do when I'm enjoying your podcast. Thank you for making my depression disappear for a couple of hours a week. See, that's from Mindy. Yep. We are abating people. Some people's mental illness is being uh, somehow assuaged. Others being made far worse. Hi, everyone, says Mujakan. Uh, Russell's idea that magic is necessary for morality is very naive. I actually thought Matt was a better philosopher in the last episode. Since he likes to be sent stuff, I will send him a blanket so he can answer our reverential questions properly. There will be, later on in the show, we'll be answering some of your reverential questions. So that's Mm. good. Matt, you'll have a blanket. What's a blanket for? Is that because you wear a blanket on the truth? Because spiritual people wear blankets along with the homeless community who you seem anxious to join. (laughs) (laughs) Your ensemble will be complete once that's draped on you. Yours in Morganism, says Mujakan. Yeah. Um, well, look, I wasn't saying magic is necessary. I was saying uh, that beyond the material, we have to reach beyond the rational, that rationalism sometimes imprisons us in logical circuits of compliance, uh, Mujakan, which I think is a point that you've been rather reductive about. That's enough out of you, DMX. You've been a lovely accompaniment for a while. Time now to look at some of the things that are happening on this dirty little circle we call world. Freddo chocolate bar price increases to 30p. That's not going to be good news for G, is it, mate? It's uh, it's it's terrible. How much time are you spending eating these? No, no, I mean, other than that, that Matt Morgan appreciation lot who hit me up with a severe dose of Freddos. It was a lot, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a lot. I mean, what is so good about it? They're just chocolate. It's just chocolate. <laughs> what is it though? Is it dairy milk? Is it Cadbury's? No, it's the yeah, it's, it's Cadbury's. It's, you know what it is? It's deceiving. It's the idea that it's small, so you just think, oh, it's just a little. It's a little. Uh, it's, it's that's the deception that yeah. gets you. That's what hits you hard. How's right? your addiction issues generally? My de- <laughs> <laughs> Lured in too easily yeah. there, isn't he? I was just uh, a little bit of chocolate in the shape of a frog, and he thinks he's safe. But that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm safe. Back in. I'm I think safe Easter egg chocolate in. is the best format of chocolate because it's thin, mm. thin and breakable. That is a lovely format, especially that one. It's got a lovely depiction of an Easter scene on it, perhaps a chick in a meadow. I've always liked that. I what, you get it out and look at the picture? I just wow. punch it and eat it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, 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 Matt. That's the wrong attitude. 
No, no, no. Ultimately, it's the retailer who sets prices in stores, says a spokesman of Cadbury's, in response to people like G frantically writing in, complaining about the escalation. I have, I have written in, actually. Have you? No, they, they, they were... They were 10p in 2006. Yes, because the government put tax on for fat tax, didn't they? And when I said, let's bring down the government, no one wanted to help. Least of all G and Matt. And now Matt is homeless and G can't afford his favourite snacks. So perhaps if you listen to me in future, because I'll be saying more stuff in the future, you know me, I'll be coming out with something. So uh, we'll be, Matt, we'll be doing some advice for people later. We're going to like be about 18 minutes of adverts and six Ooh, songs. the full yeah? 18. This is, we're just showing you behind the curtain guys uh lisa fenton is a bushcraft expert matt what have you got to say about that (laughs) shave it all off (laughs) (laughs) right well i've tricked you there because bushcraft is actually a type of thing that's not to do with that i know you don't know about survivalist you wouldn't be able to survive a list for half hour look at you you look homeless and you're in a room so actually if you were in some woods the homeless are outdoors they're already doing it they're already surviving. They're living out there. Our brothers, the homeless. And if you are homeless, we will help you if we can. I, I always say, think if I was homeless. In the mm? No, we've been there. We've had that before. We if you were homeless, homeless people you into go into the studio and we got sacked from, uh, what was it? The, it used to be, it was a radio station that's not in any way connected to this one. <laughs> it's, it's called, called XFM. XFM. <laughs> <laughs> I got sacked from there, yeah. It's a slightly once. different building, I think. Yeah, it was a, well, actually it was this building, but a different bit of it, and things weren't green, and the word well, radio wasn't present. Yeah. So, like, uh, I was sacked good and hard for for, yes. for bringing rightly the so sleepers. probably I can't remember what it was for. Um, yeah, I always think right. if you were if I was homeless, I'd go and live in the countryside. I'm sure I've told you this before. You should do that because I was in a lovely place called St Catherine's Cree Parmore, which is a former nunnery where the nuns' graveyards are at the back, and there's a walled garden there where they do community work and mentally ill folk go in and sort of you know grow some veg. And I sort of when I say mentally ill folk, I always imagine it in the abstract, but basically it'd probably be someone that if I was talking to him, I wouldn't even notice. Except mm. I was thinking, yeah. you know, you're the same as me. I'd probably be thinking anyway. There's a nuns' graveyard at the back sometimes I come and look at that nun's graveyard and think about those nuns and while I was there I was thinking god you can, anyone can just come here whenever they want this would be if you're going to be homeless and I don't want to belittle the plight of the homeless because it's a great blight on any civilized country to not take care of and provide a home and shelter for all who need it but I was thinking this would be a good place to hang out well, and also you could like hunt and you could like live outdoors but I imagine it's very naive of homelessness, isn't I it? I think it probably is, Matt. What we're doing there is we're thinking of sort of a Huckleberry Finn version of Mark Twain-ish homelessness. Because yeah. when we had we did that century Britain. documentary of a homeless man, he sort of wasn't helpable, really. You, you sort of went. I back still to maintain the I could have helped James, but the facts are he's stone dead now. Mm. So, well, someone said he was dead, and someone said he wasn't. What? So, someone says there's hope for James. Yeah, I think there was a confusion about which James it was. So, yeah, I have a little hope that he's still out there. I hope he's going to be okay. He did voluntarily leave me, but I... The just... regular odd couple. <laughs> Here we no, are. He didn't like it. He didn't like being penned in. He liked to be... These, there was, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't like being penned in with him, to be honest. He snored terribly, because his nose had been broken quite a lot of times, and yeah. the snoring from my bed. But the fact is, is that this is a show that's a flagship for, uh, for compassion. That you, The huddled masses, you that feel like you fit in nowhere else, come. Come into our bosom. Come into our hairy male chest. And we will give horse you sucker. Into us. We'll horse love right into you. Gotcha. Good. I doubt many homeless Goodyear. people are listening, to be honest. Well, I want them to. I want to. Reach are they out gonna, to them. What are they listening on? 
a wireless, hopefully a battery operated one or a rechargeable one, or you may be in some sort of shelter or something like that. And we love you. And we know that the only difference between you and us is a, a bloody roof. That's the only difference. A few wrong turns, few mistakes, and we'll be right there with you. What's this here? Oh, oh, Roy Williamson. Hi, Russell, Matt and G. And Gareth, you saucy little devil. Someone reaching out to you there. Matt, I see you were eating uh, your salad with the sauce pot, the sort of the... Uh, lid of a bottle. Yeah, a condiment lid. lid. Why? Why did you say condiment in French? <laughs> condiment. Condiment. Are you eating a condiment? Um, I didn't. I threw my fork away earlier and then thought, oh, I need that. And then I was trying to I persevere eating a rice salad with a bottle lid <laughs> until Neil intervened. Thankfully. Like that's when said, the whole home, homeless thing happened. That's right. That's when he said that you looked no better than Ian Beale in that terrible, terrible storyline. Roy Williamson says, hello, all of you. I meant to write in after you inadvertently mentioned me on your show a couple of weeks back. After hearing of this Asian restaurant that gives discounts for boob size, I thought I have to now. I am the chap that shamefully shared a Chinese with Jimmy Saville. I sat at the very back of your Groomsby show, although I'm actually from Hull, and I was ready to explain the bizarre event when Kevin Clifton, quite frankly, stole my bloody thunder. That's Roy Williamson there, because you know I'm a fan of Strictly Come Dancing and the people that are in it and all that. When are you going on it? You said you might go on it. I'm never going to go on there. I'm too... Right, firstly, there's a lot of submerged sexuality on a Strictly Come Dancing. It's it's on a seething magma of sex energy and that's why it's popular and people don't realise that's why it's popular. They might think they're watching dancing but what they're watching is unconscious, filthy sexual energy. Then I don't like being told off by judges, do I? I hate being judged. So imagine that bit where after the dance you've got to stand there and they go, your shoulders were hunched up and you were knocked kneed and you're pigeon-toed. stare them down, wouldn't you? I'd be be trembling with rage. But no, just you can do it. You can do like the... What could I do? Comic relief version of it. Right, all right, I'll do that. Just be silly. Mm. Just have a bit of fun. Don't try very hard. And then when you get told off, you won't care. Or impersonate someone. Do, do, it, do it like in the style of Freddie Mercury or something yeah, like That's that. a good point, that. Because when I'm doing photo shoots, I always think, be someone else in this photo. But when I look at the photos, <laughs> it's <laughs> always me. And you think, be someone else. Or say, like, you say, like, you're having a photo done, just go, I'll oh, pretend to be David Bowie or something, and then it gives you something to do in your head rather than being sort of self-conscious or whatever. Although there was a mistake I made once, and this was like, even, this was some years ago. I like, you know, the famous Jim Morrison spread arms top off pose. Oh yeah. I did that. And Jim did it obviously when he was probably 24. I did it when I was probably about <laughs> 38. It, I might as well have been, I mean, it was in a pity for, it looked like a sort of a wayward Pope. I was like a wrinkled and ravaged old man. What context were you doing? Was it a magazine cover? Probably, yeah. Spread my arms. I mean, I've done like well, I think I've done my top off on the cover of Rolling Stone, and I think I look rather nice. As a matter of fact, I've got no problem with that. Yeah. Well, you, it's not like you've ever been fat as an adult. Oh uh, yeah, I was only chubby was as a child. What was wrong with you? Well, it's well. I'll tell you what's wrong with me is the reference of Jim Morrison. Like, right, right. You know, if you have the reference of Jim Morrison, who at that point was like at the apex of a particular type of masculinity, of his shamanic, sexualized, reptilian, enlightened, sexy wizard man. Like, then I saw myself. I was sort of like, like Ken Dodd caught by his beach hut in Clacton, <laughs> trying to grab a seagull's leg. Hello. <laughs> just like it was undermined really by the context you know yeah. and I suppose in I just always think our photographers they, how are they getting away with it I mean it's only a photograph they're going in a bomb yeah, aren't they the thing that, helmet lang they can look one? amazing what about that woman who's really famous one of the best ones uh, she done one of mine once for Disney and I was dressed up as Captain Hook right she's I one of the best ones I remember that stood on a shark 
a plastic crocodile, shark. Crocodile. A crocodile. And like, she's the one of the most famous. Who's the most famous female photographer in the world? Why don't I remember oh, you these things? Know. You these know are important her. matters now. She anyway, it was her, the most important one. And what you didn't? Yeah, what's her name, Neil? Most important one. Diet? Is it some? I don't know. Um, she's the most important one. Yeah, she's she a fashion. That. I mean, she's very <laughs> important. Is she the most important one? Oh, easily the most. That's right, Annie Lebovitz. That was it. I was having my photo done by her, and it was a very great honour, as a matter of fact. Well, you don't sound like it. You sound ungrateful. Do I? You sound like you're complaining that it wasn't as good as any other photo. <laughs> it was good. And uh, David Bailey done one of my photographs once, and he is good, because he just mugs you off from the minute you step over the threshold. Oh, hello. What are you doing? Oh, are you, you scummy earthen chair. What do you call them trousers? Just for the whole time you're there, it just ridicules you. Why were it? you um, in Annie Lebovitz's one, Captain Hook, anyway? Yeah, why am I Captain Hook now? I should be, should she I? She never tell you that. She never even mentioned it. Oh, you're Captain Hook. <laughs> you must have spent oh, okay. a long time becoming Captain Hook in makeup and. I know wigs, little bloomers, little knickerbockers, <laughs> frilly shirt. All the <laughs> time that all this was being applied. Collection, mate. Yeah, that's right. I have never seen that photograph anywhere. Oh, Lubavitch, you tricked me. I'd have done it in a heartbeat. Oh, there it is. Is it on the internet? Yeah, have a look at it, everyone. Let's see how handsome I am. Oh, yeah, that's the stuff. That's what you want. Internet. Surely that was for a movie or something. That must no, have like that's a, that's a sort of a crocodile there, but I think you can see it's taking place within a cave, the cave, the unconscious, yeah. the unknown, above the water. The it says in the thing that it was to promote Disney's theme parks. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the money was for charity. I remember it now. They gave us some money, and I'll give it to charity. I think I'll give it to a druggy charity. Here you go, lads. Not like a drug, drugs, you know, don't take drugs charity. Anyway, look, this is my main point. Photography. It's all just made up. Okay, time now for, um, well, I mean, I suppose, really, what you're going to be invited to do is take a deep, deep look inside of yourself, listen very, very carefully to what goes on in the next few minutes and think, is this what I want? Because if it is, this is what's going to happen. This is... Radio X. Russell Brand. That was the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and before that, there was an advert, a bunch of adverts. I like the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I like that Anthony Kiedis. I like that thing where his dad took him. You know how you might complain about your own childhood? I certainly would give mine a good complaining about sometimes. Why not? Something to talk about. Well, Anthony Kiedis' dad took him on a drug deal to, you know, to get some drugs. Forgot he had Anthony Kiedis and just left him at the drug deal and went home with his drugs thinking... There's something else that I was meant to be doing other than get the drugs. This these morning. were cheap <laughs> for these. Oh, yeah. And he's weighed in with little Anthony. So, like, uh, that's from his book, Scar Tissue, isn't it? Now, but how would we, us three, men of the world, survive in it? If, like, because in case society does collapse, and I've always wondered if it might, because let's face it, it's not working, is it? I mean, look what's going on. Every you look out, you mean, I mean, actually, it's quite nice when you look out the window, it's a ticket booth in Leicester Square. But when you look at the world in a broader context, sometimes you think, oh no, what are we going to do? Doomed. Doomed, we feel. And I think, as a general thing, it would be nice to survive. It's part of the essence of a human to be able to survive in your environment. I think that every time I go on a picnic, I think, here I am, surviving with this Fortnum and Mason's picnic. <laughs> 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 and, uh, and which was delicious, actually. And uh, but I'll, that's why later we're going to be talking to uh, Lisa Fenton, bushcraft expert. I can't wait to talk to her about mm. the craft of the bush. She's going to know everything. I think I'd, she worked I'd with Ray Mears. I've done a lot of this stuff when I was a scout. Oh, you're always cooking. saying this. Well, I've got a grounding in it. I mean, have you? Yes. How long do you think you'd last out there in the wild amongst in, in it? this country? A long time. No major predators, right? Food everywhere. Rabbits, fish. You're going to catch a rabbit or a fish, are you? Of course, I am. What kit you got on this? Will you need? You, don't need basics? you can make a simple, um, you know, 
snare for a rabbit. Snare? You're not snaring nothing, mate. She's a survival instructor, Lisa Fenton. She's enjoyed an auspicious four-year apprenticeship under the expert tutelage. It's nice words, aren't they? Branding about of Ray Mears during the 90s. She and her business partner, Ben, established Wood Smoke as a joint enterprise that cinema struck many thousands of individuals in a huge variety of applied advanced wilderness bushcraft survival techniques or oh, in all sorts of different environments matt deserts jungles when it's chilly out there you can survive when it's chilly all right well so you're in the desert right yep i'm here i am you've got a piece of plastic sheeting that's all you've got right how'd you get some water uh, what I do is I wrap that round myself. I swaddle myself up. <laughs> no, come on, mate, because you've not at the end. I swaddle myself up nice and tight, and I do some expert yoga in that baking desert sun. I sweat like a pig. Now, I... You're losing water already. I... <laughs> am I, though, darling? Or am I gathering up some delicious sweat? Now, wait till the sort crystallise into... worst survival lovely flakes. ever. You're gathering water from your own body. Here we go. <laughs> delicious, salty sweat. If I drink this, oh, no. That's right, and then I do drink it. Go on, what would you do with your plastic sheet? Well, what you do is... Oh. You make a little uh, tent out of it, a little <laughs> tent shape out of it, like with a stick in the middle. So you collect the condensation the that happens overnight. And it <laughs> runs down the sheet into a little container, which you've got as well. Could be your open mouth. <laughs> and you can get water like that. I think I'd rather die than that undignified spectacle you just described, making well, a mouth die. tent. You would die. Your silly idea about doing yoga in plastic. Well, we'll see, won't we? When Linda Fenton comes on, she's a bushcraft expert and she's probably going to see through your claptrap. Lisa says, bushcraft is skilled practice and an awareness that arises from relationships with particular terrains, ecologies through time. I'm going to really teach her a thing. Now, Matt, before we have this call, there's my intention to impress and wow Lisa with my well, knowledge. Survival knowledge That's that you right. don't have any of. This is where it's going to be a challenge. Now, I'm going to do that, and I don't want you ruining it. With why don't you ask silly her nonsense. why in the modern world she's found that interesting and, and it's a thing that she needs to learn? Is she scared about the future? I will. You ask her. You're going to get a moment. What I do you don't think? want to. No, you, put, you throw me out there. What do you mean? Too much pressure, then you, ask a question, then you undermine it. You're before. absolutely awful with that nuclear expert. We've had several emails from him and his wife <laughs> saying that a perfectly pleasant afternoon was ruined by some of your brain-dead inquiries about nuclear fission. What, look, what I'd like, what's amazing about people like her is they've learnt the plants, right? So she yeah. can walk around, she knows, oh, you can get, that's like food in that one, That's I can eat that, I can drink that, water out of that one. Oh, no. I can cure a wound with that one that one's delicious with we've an avocado we've lost touch with nature we've, we've said this all the time like, how, how long has it. she survived like ask her what's the longest she survived in different environments I'm gonna alright these yeah. are all great questions now those of you that are listening to this radio show carefully and I know that means all of you will have noticed that there is a submerged agenda in me to create the perfect utopia whether it was chatting to Wim Hof Wim Hof getting us all nice and cold remember that like it, and I, I'm still going to go and see Wim Hof. I might not take you because I don't think you've showed the right attitude. <laughs> never invited us. <laughs> I'm going to go out there and he I'm going to say he invited us, didn't he? He wanted us. No, all he's us to invited go. us, but Russ never invites us. Like he, he won't go. I'll go. I'll yeah. meet Wim Have Hof. Have you ever been around his house when he used to? Gee, the what, what? heating was up so high <laughs> all year round. <laughs> Unbelievably, like if you started moving around in his house, you'd pass out. <laughs> so high, he was not going to be able to. You'd dip you in cold water and you'll squeal. Oh, 
You squeal like a burning witch. (laughs) (laughs) I tell you what, I'm going to meet Wim Hof. I'm going to talk to Lisa Fenton. And as you, anyone that's listening to this Radio X show is consciously or not, they are learning how to evolve into being a better man or woman. Why can't we evolve this radio show into a series of documentaries where we do things like this? We can do. Do go to the bunker, nuclear bunker, whatever it was. Yeah. I mean, all right. It's just going to be cold and chilly and awful. (laughs) Listen, what about this? Scottish Island for sale, a small island off the southwestern Scottish coast known as Little Roche is up for sale. Accessible only by boat. Imagine it. Oh, Home to it. nothing more than a lighthouse, Bagsy Lighthouse, and small cottage. The island is Bagsy on the, the cottage, better oh. than the lighthouse. <laughs> no, no! Damn! Good luck in the lighthouse. Oh, it's too tall up here! It's red and white! I'm exposed! What's that? Flapping at the window! Oh, why are these shadows being cast in a 360 pattern continually? Ah, the sea, the cruel sea, the rocks, the rocks! Ah, Majesty, many was the oh, night no. as we walked down that long spiral staircase. Your father giggling like a schoolgirl, no underpants on beneath his robe. And as we'd reach the bottom floor by the cruel craggy rocks, he'd gather up one of the many curs slumbering, slumbering there and lifting its four paws, exposing its belly before producing with a swish like a samurai, an emery board, Majesty, and filing fast at first but then slowly, as if playing a violin like a young Nigel Kennedy. He'd whittle it, whittle it, ma'am, till it was like a stick of rock and the only thing exposed, and this is going to shock you, Majesty, was a network of cells like a honeycomb, and within each cell, a larvae or egg bubbling over in glory. So maybe I will take the lighthouse. (laughs) Yeah, you're welcome to stay in the lighthouse. Right. But is there enough room for the rest of the cult stroke colony? Oh, hang on, how much is this believers? island? It's only half a million. We can get that half together on crowdfunding. That's dollars as well. Oh, wow. We can get so, this island. So Dave, the current owner, Sir David Hope Dunbar, says the island would suit someone wanting to escape a busy life. That's Matt all over. If someone wants the seclusion of their own estate, then this is the opportunity, says Hope Dunbar. And it could exactly be like Fraggle Rock. For all we know, there's dozers down there. Hang there's on. The trash heap. What, Wait. What's going no on? Fraggle Rock. Listen. <laughs> Why in, are you ruining my dreams? In 1960, lighthouse keeper Hugh Clark was murdered by his assistant on the island. Oh, my God. It's happening again. Oh. However, shining. and look, no one's even mentioned haunting but Sir Hope Dunbar. However, Sir Hope Dunbar insists the island is not haunted. Why are you insisting it? Get Hope Dunbar on the phone. We are getting that haunted, spooky old island and if you murder me in an attempt to undermine previous <laughs> It's going to be like The Shining. I bet it's like... Will be The Shining because demons. that is part of the job of The Lighthouse. It's going to be brilliant. It's going to be brilliant. Our new life as The Lighthouse family is going to be <laughs> an absolute joy. Come on, we can. Do I would it. do this for how long? Well, it's just. Do we take our actual families? Yeah, but uh, well, we'd have to bring a teacher with us. Otherwise, it's cruel to the. Children. We can teach them. We can teach them everything we've learned. I'll, not I'll let teach you them teach survival. my children. Come on, survival skills. No way. Young Coco loved me on that walk when I told him those arrows were magic. Didn't yeah, he? Yeah, but imagine doing an eight-hour day with him. Boring. Too boring. I can't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Half hour though, with my download techniques, he'll be sharp as a Maybe tack in be, no time. They could be educated over Skype or something. You get bored. There's no Wi-Fi. Oh, there's no Wi-Fi. There'll be Wi-Fi. We'll get Wi-Fi. Of course, we will put an underground cable in. Hopefully, the ghost of Hugh Clark will probably Hmm? provide a connection. Oh, Hugh. Oh, terrible thing happened to me on a night like this, lads. It was a cold November night like this, and my assistant come shambling up the stairs, and it did for me, boys. It did for me with a can of iron brew. If you are Scottish... (laughs) 
what the hell are you thinking being born there? <laughs> no, I'm sorry, I'm joking. Neil's Scottish. My I'm girlfriend's Scottish. Scottish. I'm partly oh, here Scottish. Oh, here he goes. I'm Welsh and Irish. Try out a bandwagon. On he gets. <laughs> oh, I am. Scottish I'm part of the Gordon clan. Lord Lochinvars, eh? Don't start evoking great thanes as if we're in the middle of Macbeth, I mate. I am, mate. You've come from Scotland. Ah, right. We've got a DNA test here, and we'll prove once and for all. Do you know what came back on your one? One word: scum. That's all they said. They said we. I just say that the, the DNA lab. test that we mm, did yeah. wrongly because we're idiots. Right. We did the one about our health mm. first, so the, we haven't got the results about our genetic sort of makeup. So what? It's pretty clear what I am. Tip top. I've read your report, mate. What do you mean? <laughs> you ain't been nosing around in my report. I have. You've right. got quite a few weaknesses. No way. I'm strong as an ox. I'm one of the best. I'm cream of the crop. I'll rise to the top. Now, later on, we're going to talk to Lisa Prone Benton. to soft tissue injury. No way. My soft tissue. No, we both oh, are, actually. We what both are. What's wrong about soft tissues? Yeah. What are we thinking? There's no soft tissue on me. You need a... Don't take my word for it. Talk to Miss Sinead O'Connor. Ladies and gentlemen, time for a little wee advert. And then we're going to be talking to a survival expert and we're going to be building a utopia, which has always been our subliminal intention. But before that, do you want one of With Sky Broadband Superfast, you get reliable broadband here. <laughs> Smells good. There. Morning. <laughs> and everywhere. <laughs> Sorry. Get guaranteed Wi-Fi in every room or money back with Sky Broadband Superfast. So reliable, it's minion-proof. Sky, believe in better. Require Sky Broadband Boost and Sky Kit in fibre areas only. Speeds vary by location. Minimum 3 megabits or refund on boost component of subscription paid during current minimum term up to date of claims. See sky.com slash guarantee. Russell Brand. This is Radio X. That was Liam Gallagher doing a record... Liam Gallagher. Are we allowed to play Liam? Well, we, we're we're team Noel, aren't we? I mean, I think Radio X, they, they love Liam, but, and as do I, on a personal basis, like as uh, he was on Chris Moyles' thing, wasn't he? He did that. Yeah. I mean, uh, Noel, in a way, he's our personal, lovely friend outside of an inside of work, inside and outside of his beautiful body. Top of his head to the tips of his tiny toes. I <laughs> love every inch of his that man. Those little dolly shoes. Those little dolly shoes. Those surprisingly <laughs> tiny little feet. The tiny little buckly boot just dangling from the end. Now, we're talking about survival. Who among us is most likely to survive in a situation when the going gets tough? It's already been exposed from listening to Matt's claptrap about surviving the desert that he'd probably be dead within a half hour. I'd be surprised if he makes it home on the tube, to be absolutely honest. But why well, take my word for it when I'm little more than a charismatic sh- modern-day shaman when we could be talking to Lisa Fenton, who is a bushcraft expert. Uh, she was a uh, protégé of Ray Mears. She's pictured here in Alaskan conditions, if I'm not very much mistaken. Lisa, are you there? Hi, Russell. <laughs> Lisa, you sound irritated already, and the interview's not even begun. Where, 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 where are you? I'm just at home in Cumbria. Cumbria, eh? Is that Lake District, Cumbria? Yeah, yeah, Lake District. So you like to be around ruggedness, do you? Nature in all its raw potency. I certainly do, Russell. How come you've become lured into this survivalist uh, way of life? What, what, what first attracted you to it, if I may ask? Well, it it wasn't so much this. Well, actually, it was survival, I suppose. I I wanted to travel quite a lot, and I travelled out to India, and I went into the Himalayas, and I was only about eighteen at the time, and I didn't really have a clue what I was doing, and went off hiking in the Himalayas in a pair of baseball boots, and um, got 
lost, horribly lost. And I remember thinking, okay, um, I really want to do this in my life, but I really need to learn some survival skills in order to travel in remote places. So it was a, a draw to remote places and the cultures that inhabit those places. You were drawn to um, remoteness. But, do you think this is, yeah. do you then find civilization somehow like uh, it makes you queasy? You think there's something unpleasant about it? Like even now you're living there in Cumbria, that's a pretty remote place, isn't it? So do you, do you find civilization a bit unappealing? No, not at all. Um, no, I, I like the best of both worlds. <laughs> um, mm. I, I mean, you know, if I'm in London, I, I want to get out of London within a couple of days. So mm. it depends on the level of or the intensity of civilization, and you know. Yeah. But but at the same time, I I do get concerned for the amount of technology and reliance on technology that we have in our lives. So it's quite nice to balance that with skills that and not mediated by technology. The reason yeah. I wanted to talk to you, sorry to interrupt you, the reason I wanted to talk to you, Lisa Fenton, is because I think of becoming a father and this sense of over-reliance on technology and feeling somehow abstracted from the world, like mm. plucked from it, not knowing the name of the trees and plants and stars, head busy and giddy with meaningless facts, downloads, likes and constant yearning for acceptance on a plane that can never really be fulfilling. So tell us then, right, before this we were analysing what to say in this interview and I've got this tendency to use interviews to tell experts stuff I know about their subject and people have said that's a stupid interviewing technique so I'm going to try and do it differently this time. G wanted to know, who who does the show with us, what is uh, the longest you've ever survived out in the wilds, please? Probably um, two weeks I, I went... Two weeks, which doesn't sound very long, <laughs> I appreciate, but I did a two-week trip in Utah in the Canyonlands, and I only went with one layer of clothing, and that was it. And um, So I lived off pinion pine nuts and acorn mush, and I got really, really sick of that, so I taught myself how to tickle trout and catch fish with my No hands. way, like Danny the champion of the world, our old doll, you actually tickled yeah. trout. I did. Does that work? You tickled a trout it, right out of its it life. Ab- <laughs> it, absolutely, <laughs> it absolutely did work. Um, it, I had to really figure it out. And, you know, I kind of learned all these subtleties and it was a very frustrating process because I, I quite often kind of got hold of them and then they slithered out and I learned that I had to ram my thumb in its gill in order oh, to make bloody sure hell, that it Lisa. Get out. Oh, God, yeah. I know, it, I was really You rammed it down its gill hole. I felt bad, yeah. <laughs> How'd you cook it anyway once you've thumbed it to death up its gill pipe? <laughs> Over the fire, of course, on a stick. I can't even do that <laughs> starting a fire. We, I think we need to know, uh, what did it do to your state of mind, must say, being out there two weeks eating only mushroom mush and uh, pine nuts and the occasional gilled up the snout trout that you'd done over what did it do to your mind and your state of consciousness it's a good question actually because it did change my state of consciousness it um my senses became much much keener so you notice things that you would otherwise walk past you know when you're hungry Mm. um you notice anything that you're going to be able to potentially eat um water sources your sense of smell becomes much keener Mm. and you're just much more alert um yeah. much more in tune with the environment, I suppose. Um, um, so it, 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 I suppose that's why people do fasts and things, because it does 
like Ooh. the your state of consciousness. I'm really <laughs> yeah. identifying with this quite strongly. I just want to say, Lisa, much more than uh, my co-host Matt Morgan is. It, it's uh, it's the direct relationship to the natural world, and as you were saying, Russell, that sort of keys into a different relationship with ourselves when we feel more connected to ourselves as a sort of primal being, if you like. And I did some PhD research on this, and and it it showed, for example, that when people learn to make friction fire. What it did show was that people over and over reported that they had this inner connection to themselves mm. as their sort of essence, human essence, as well as an external connection to the natural world, which they needed in order to learn all the subtleties of L- Lisa, I'm going to say something clever now. And it's this. In myth after myth throughout the world, whether it's Prometheus or another one that I don't know the name of, fire is mm-hmm. the symbol that continually returns as man's... I'm thinking of the Jungle Book. Jungle I know Book. you are. Now, what I desire is man's red fire. I want to be like you, basically, <laughs> what I'm saying, is that fire is a, it's where man first achieves dominion over the natural world without the breach of nature that agriculture represents. Do you think that's a good point that I've made, Lise, because Matt's anxious to ask you another question? I, I think that's a very good point. That's right. I think Prometheus was a messenger god as well. Prometheus, um, I think he stole fire off the gods because he wanted mankind to have it and his punishment was to be tied to a cliff face for all eternity every night having his guts pecked out by an eagle, which is what it's like being friends with Matt Morgan. Yeah. While you discuss so, campfire myths, I'll be out there collecting wood. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Go on, Matt. What do you want to ask Lisa? Then? I just wanted to say to Lisa that Russell sometimes throws his dog poos in the river and that's bad, isn't it? I don't. <laughs> I never do that, Lisa. I would Russell, never do that. I throw him over the fence. I throw him over the fence. Now, listen, that was my girlfriend's dad threw the poos in the river. And I, like, I can't say anything because it's my father-in-law. I don't. How can I... How can I Very stop Bernard doing that? <laughs> I throw it over. There. I throw it over. I throw Someone it over. like you or I, Lisa, might drink from that river later, downstream a little bit. <laughs> I swim in that river. I swim there. I love it in there. I love it. Yeah, that's the weirdest thing about Thames. it. He throws poo in there and it swims after it. <laughs> now, uh, sorry, Lisa. That was a, what happened there? That was a tributary <laughs> to the main conversation. Founded on lies and treachery from Matt Morgan's filthy mind. Because uh, I actually want to learn proper survival skills. I want to know the top five... Su- Survival techniques if civilization actually falls apart, which I reckon it might. What should Ooh, we do okay. and learn? What one okay, object? Learn learn to use tools. What ones? Axe, Get a pen. Tools. Kn- knife and axe. Learn to use a knife. Knife. And axe. I've got knife. I've got um, several. I can use and knife. That and axe. way you can shape the environment around you and knife. whatever might be left of it, depending on what's happened. And um, axe. Yep. So. Chop up. What are we chopping up? Just bits of old branch. And animals. Well, I mean that 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 that's that's. I really don't think it's been a nuclear <laughs> attack. What's happened is I think there's been a massive energy crisis. People can't okay. use energy no more. Uh, but the sort of okay. you know like how in uh, that film I Am Legend, starring Will Smith, as all trees have grown all over the buildings again, and you see like Empire State Building, it's got lovely lovely honeysuckle growing upside. Oh, it. okay. It's I a bit like this. It. That's what's happened. So we've got a knife and an axe, and we've learned you've got how a knife to, and an axe. We can whittle so like you mad. Can, with a knife and an axe, you can make anything. You can make fire. You can chop your wood for fire. You can. Make traps to trap animals if you know what you're doing. What, cats and dogs? Um, what are we going to eat? Sheep, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I feel a bit gilly because um, some of us, Lisa, aren't as happy with the old thumb plunge up the gill hole that you advocate on any neighbouring little fishy friend. You would die. But you don't even need a knife for that. <laughs> you just tickle it to death. Just gill. 
Well, um, all right, so we need that. We, we, traps, making traps, making shelters. You need to know how to make fire. You need to know how to make shelter. Yep, make a shelter. So, again, your axe will come in handy for chopping things up to make shelters. Mm. Um, a saw. A saw would be handy as well. What, uh, what else? Tools. Okay, so what else you need to know is you could do is learning something about wild plants, what you can eat. Yep, go on. Um, what you can forage and wild trees and what's poisonous as well. Mm. Um, you could do with learning something about wildlife observation if you need to hunt and chop. Those are the two core things, really. If you know about... Um, plants and feeding yourself from the wild and you know about wildlife um, and tracking um, mm, I don't. then you've got your food sources sorted out. How do you keep it's... in the right frame of mind because like me obviously I'd be cool as a cucumber. Matt would be flapping, floundering, panicking urinating. In a I say that to experts. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you keep in the right frame of mind? Well I think... Um, I think that's part of learning these skills is you, by, through learning the skill, you learn a certain amount of calmness, humility, patience, um, I've already got those. I've got those. I've got those for free. I've got calmness, humility, patience. I've got that coming out of my bloody ears, love. What I need is a bloody good axe. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm only about I want to come on your course. Excellent. Wood smoke. That's what you need to look up. So, Gordon, what happens? You have a weekend and what do you take with you? A sleeping bag? Yeah, so you bring you bring some camping kit, and then we gradually can remove parts of that for you. So, oh, wow. um, so depending Cut on the what end off your sleeping you bag, oh, your little feet sticking out <laughs> of it like step toes gloves. No, no. So what you just what, day by day you take a bit away, is it, Lisa? Well, that's not the premise of the course, but it sort of naturally happens. So as you build a shelter, you kind of move into your <clears> shelter. You don't really need your tent anymore. You're, um, Russell would bring an espresso machine. <laughs> as, as you, <laughs> we could teach you how to make sort of a backwards mat thermarest type um, uh, piece of equipment. And so you can sleep on that. You can sleep without a sleeping bag because you oh, have well. a fire in your shelter. Um, just just sleep off so the ground, yeah, just, guys, because you get damp. I was going to say, I'll sleep well, up a branch. <laughs> you can build beds. So, um, you know, with an axe and a knife, you can make a raised bed, put a mat on it that you've made yourself. Will you do it anywhere? Will you do fire. it anywhere or do you have to go up to where you are? Where is Woodsmoke, your operation, where you teach people survival skills, Lisa Fenton? We, <laughs> we teach in the Central Lake District uh, oh, near Hawkehead. Oh, nice there. Um, it's a beautiful estate. It's 2,000 acres of... Um, just woods and lakes and rivers, and it's really gorgeous. And bloody sheep, um, they're everywhere, aren't they? Because I took my dog Bear there, I stayed at someone's <laughs> house, and every time I let Bear just romp around wildly, loosely, free, free, free as a bird, he was savaging sheep. Not savaging, chasing. <laughs> oh, I managed to catch him God. just in time. He was chasing them, and they've got a lot of colours on them, them sheep, you know, like the... Red. Uh, red, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> red all over them. <laughs> Some of them didn't have faces. <laughs> Very peculiar breed. They're some of the worst sheep I've ever seen, Lane. They're still faceless, smothered in red. <laughs> they give sheep a bad name. So it's up there, is it? Near that lot? Yeah. Are you near Lake there, Coniston? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we are. We're between Lake Windermere and Lake Coniston. Ben Windermere. So. Would Lisa eat a dog or a human if she had to? Life or death. Life or death. Depends on the human and the dog. It's actually and his dog bear. No, it's Nigel Farage and Lassie. You just have to eat the foot. Who are you going to go for? 
I'd have Nigel Farage's foot over Lassie. I um, would, for the if I had to, and the person was already dead, like in that record. plane crash. We're not keeping a record of this. Oh, just in case it ever There's comes no record. up. Like that film Alive. Yeah. I could eat human flesh. So would I. I'd rather eat a human than an animal. Lisa, <laughs> we um, thank you for sacrificing what has to be referred to as part of your life to participate <laughs> in this conversation. I want to come on your survivor course. Or is it you and your partner, business partner or life partner, if you don't mind my asking? Business partner. I see. We'll be coming away with you. We're going to be getting right up. Ask it like that. Because I want to know. I want to get in the bivouac. That's why um, people ask that sort of question, because they're like, angling. Oh, is, angling. Is that your husband or just oh, a friend? He's a fine-looking fellow. <laughs> I fine. suppose we'd get pretty cold out there. Probably have to bunk up at the same time. <laughs> no point. I suppose if I'm getting chilly in my moccasins, we could have a quick cuddle, could we? <laughs> Listen, Lisa Fenton, we're coming right up that Lake District. Me, Matt. Excellent. We're, the whole lot of us, we're going to be up there. Excellent. Do Brr. it. Do it. Brilliant, that'd be great. Will you do it for <laughs> half price? <laughs> no price for this free advert? Hold on, listen to this advert I can do. Wood smoke, 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 survive. It's a jungle out there, it's a jungle out there. Lisa Fenton will teach you how to survive. Whether it's thumbing a trout up its gill hole, or snipping the tip off a sleeping bag, or gnawing down on Nigel Farage's big toenail, Lisa Fenton and Wood Smoke has something for everyone. And by the way, fellas, she's single. Fenton! <laughs> Yeah, wood smoke, wood smoke, wood smoke. How about that? Can we come for half, half price? Half price? Yes, <laughs> yeah. half price. We're going to learn how to survive. It's going to be a tough lesson for you, Matt Morgan. You're going to struggle. You'll Think I'm tickle gonna be your fine. trout. Oh, yes, at we that will. At the end, and then a wink. Ding, tickle your trout. Lovely, sure lovely punchline. It's going to be difficult, Lisa. It's going to be difficult. Okay, well, thank mm-hmm. you, Lisa Fenton, for joining us and put, putting up with the indignity. Lisa, bit. you survived the interview. Well done. <laughs> Only yes, just. All we can say. And I've been. I think. <laughs> no, you're right. This is still reality. You'll have to have a lay down afterwards, like our man who was a chemistry expert last week. He used week. to be. He was a nuclear physicist, our last guest. He's retired now. He says he don't see the point in messing around <laughs> molecules. <laughs> Lisa, my survival expert, says, what's the point in surviving? <laughs> nuclear physicist. Oh, well, why bother? Hey, thank you very much, Lisa Fenton. <laughs> Thanks, Russell. Thanks, Matt. Oh, bye bye. Well, you really showed me up there. It didn't actually, you? I don't know. Don't know why. Well, what was wrong with you? I was making. I think that's one of the best interviews I've ever done. You were very good, and I've done some good ones over the years. And I, by God, if anything's I been proved, I wasn't great because I sort of basically know all that stuff anyway. Pretty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Codswallop. No, I'd actually like to have it tested. I used to read the SAS Survival Guide as a kid all the time. Of course you did. Ugh. What? That's you not... Uh. There, in your bunk no, bed. No, loads of stuff. And the torchlight reading about this. Oh, bloody hell, this is what I'll do. That's how to strangle a rabbit. Is that what you were doing? Running zigzags away from crocodiles and stuff. <laughs> all the important stuff. Uh, a minute, there's a crocodile zigzag away. All right, time now to express ourselves in the only way we know how with a little song Matt and I have written... In the form of an ad. This is Radio X. Russell Brand. What the hell are you talking about? (laughs) That was some news. Hope it's all okay, guys, because this is a glorious time of unity and togetherness. Before Blur, there's no other way. There's no other way. All we can do is watch them play was news. And now what you've got is us. Having spoken to us about. Why is there snake charmer music? Gotta charm a snake, gotta charm a little old snake. Or you can simply stop that if you want. And simple ones. No, hold on. (laughs) Simple that. There you go. And now, ah, hello, darling. I don't mind if I do. And that is why I've become one of the top DJs of Britain these days. 
So. Ah! <laughs> oh, that's I do perfect. love this. Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? End of hope and glory. Oh, dear. Patriotism, eh? Is there a way back for patriotism beyond ethno-nationalism? Can we find a way kind of to love music, one another? comedy, and the general character of your people. General character. And is that general a good man? Is he a wise man? Now, we've got some good things coming up in this hour. Thanks for staying with us, particularly after that terrible interview with poor Lisa Fenton, the survival expert. And I'm actually planning to uh, go and do some surviving myself. I think Fenton was the name of that dog. Do you remember that Fenton! Video? Fenton! 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 Oh, Jesus Christ! Fenton! Oh, no. oh God, no mother of God! I've that so many times. It's lovely to watch there, the escalation. Uh, I suppose you could explain it. Fenton is that man chase uh, is a man whose dog is running loose in Richmond Park it's after old. deer it's like and someone he filmed escalates it some years ago. Fenton, Fenton! <laughs> I suppose it's his journey into despair. That's why I don't call Bear back when he's doing his stuff. I just remain very calm and I walk over to him and I apologise hey to the bear, owners of don't the Don't eat other those ibuprofen. Okay. You want a few paracetamol? Okay, baby. <laughs> what? what, what? Was that bad for his liver or something? Well, no, I had to take him down to vets. Luckily, we worked out the weight of him. They weighed him eventually once they got the muzzle on. And we, with his weight, that was an unmanageable amount. And then he ate those chocolates that people for ethical treatment of animals sent me. People of ethical treatment of animals sent some chocolates. Bear ate them. I had dog to take chocolates. him to the vets. No, they weren't dog's chocolates. I would never eat oh, dog's chocolates. I imagine that killed him. You like send, you. send a message to him and go, thanks for the chocolates. They killed my beloved dog, but... This is my point. I mean, it's terrorism by mail from PETA, for heaven's sake. We're a fine organisation. So I took him to the vets in High Wycombe and watched him sick up big puddles near a rabbit cage in the back room of a vet. I went round the back room. What point does your vet stop letting you take him home? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got a good rapport with a vet. Super vet now, isn't it? have to with all these calamities. <laughs> in. Oh, my God. No, I've got a very good rapport with Supervet. Very good rapport. I love old Noel Fitzpatrick Supervet. And, of course, as you know, the next little operation for Bear is <whistles> on the old... Uh, they'll have to come off. That'll probably be the making of him. Do you think it'll be the making of him, mate? Yeah. Ultrasounding him down his Why do you think old. he ate... Like, how did he pop him out of the blister pack? Do you think it was a cry for help? I don't think he was trying to reach out or anything. He just eats anything. And Nurofen are delicious. Sometimes I just pop a couple just to get through this radio show. Don't even have a headache. <laughs> now, later um, on, we're going to be uh, talking to Brian Adcock. Brian Adcock is drawing cartoons for his whole life. And he does, uh, his whole life he's been doing it. And uh, he does cartoons. Political cartoons. Political ones. For the, in- who? The Guardian, Teaching Scotland. And, you know, much needed work there. For t- I'm only mucking around. I love Scotland. I mean, silly. And various other publications. He's also illustrated the children's book, Cinnamon and the Bat People. In 2014, he won Cartoonist of the Year, Matt, if you can imagine that. And he lives in Norwich, Norfolk, with various creatures. Now, the photograph of him, he's got one of these creatures on his lap. It's a very keen-looking hound. And in the background, you can see a picture of me, which actually makes me feel very positive about life because... He's done me very, very well. Thick eyebrows, lovely frizzy well, he's hair. He's obviously a fan because he got in contact. So yeah, all oh, right. Yeah, we actually the reason we reached out to reached out to him. He said, "Dear lovely boys, I am Brian Adcock, political cartoonist for the Independent, and I'm trying to think of something to draw for tomorrow's edition. Can you help, please? I will draw whatever you suggest within reason. No diddly winks." Brian Adcock. Now, the fact that he thinks that we would be limited just by 
puerility shows that Brian has not uh, countenanced the true possibilities of the mindlessness that we could plunder to come up with a cartoon. Well, I think we'd be good at political cartoons. Coming in. Now's the test. I thought of a good one about Grenfell when it happened. Oh, all right. Go on. What was it? Well, if you'll excuse me. No, it's like, yeah. It's, I mean, it's a heavy subject. It's a heavy subject, but but you'll like this, right? On, I thought, you have a picture of Jeremy Corbyn, and mm. then behind him the tower, and it says, awful, full stop, poor people. And then Theresa May, and it just says, awful, poor people. Uh, yeah. It's just a little change of the, uh, you yeah. know. Punctuation. Punctuation. When did you think of the point. this, by the way, and why? Uh, I was reading about it, and I just thought, it just popped into my head. And I thought someone should do that, but I didn't have a forum to do it. You do have forums. You've got plenty of forums. You've got the Matt Morgan Appreciation Society. It would be a bit out of character, wouldn't it? I'd suddenly go, hey, guys, just a little drawing here. Yeah, but that's not the forum. That's you. You're, you've got to be your own forum. I should have contacted someone like Brian Adcock and said, do you want this idea? Well, he can do that because you can do it at the end of the inquiry. Now, you can <coughs> if that Trump punch. But anyway, we'd be good at doing it because they're jokes, aren't they? That bloody building, it's a cenotaph, it's a great tombstone to go past it you can't, it's haunting, chilling and terrifying to go past it, it's a terrible blight well, on that's London. that's good that it's not being yes, easily covered up you know. Oh, it's a very, very grim thing, very grim indeed but hopefully from it some good will eventually come whilst it's too late for those I'm going to be working with suffered. some of the kids that go to that local school there. Go on yeah. Matt, what, what do you mean Jake? Well we're going to be doing um like getting to write poems about their experiences and stuff like that, because um, they're they're obviously uh, a lot of them have just finished doing their, their GCSEs and some of them did their A levels, and so mm. they're they're trying to, I suppose, reconstruct some semblance of like life and meaning or whatever. I guess you know adults can process it as to in terms of what happened, but for like children, they can't process what's happened. It's only going to hit them probably in, in, in later life yeah. in terms of their schoolmates not being around. So I'm part of a project that's going to be working with Was it with called? Them. Yeah. Do you know? I don't know. I only just, just got the, the email through you know the other day. So I just it's said very yes. good you do all this stuff, mate. He does a lot of good stuff. He does He's a lot a good of good. man. Let's have a look at him, see if he is. Nah, not deep down. Not deep down. Look at the old glint in the eyes. Well done, G, for doing that. You make us all look good with your kindness and your compassion and your continual good works with people. Now, let's see what's wrong with Matt Morgan. We've been wondering for a while. We're going to be talking to uh, old Brian Adcock. But before that, let's see what manner of man Matt Morgan is. Let's see what's going on. Now, a little while ago, we did two DNA tests. One was to see why... Am I so bloody swarthy and well put together? And why is Matt such a snickering wretch? And the other one was to have a look at our diets. And this one is we've got back the DNA results. It's not about our diets. Di- it's about, it about our genetic, you know, like like what sort of illnesses we might get. And stuff. Oh God, there you've they've had their work out with you, haven't they? Because the you've every week you've got another illness. What's what's wrong with you today? Right. What, we're demanding a can tired. of sugary drink, weren't you? I was you? tired. Can I have a can of sugary drink? I've got two children fork? and they make me tired. I'm, I'm tired of my children. I'm tired of life. I need a sugary drink. <laughs> now let's have a look at Matt Morgan's DNA fit top lines. Diet. Well, it's simply one, they've red stamped it. Mess. Hopeless case. Nothing can it be done. It doesn't look. It's a DNA test. They don't know what you eat. It just tells you, by your genetic makeup, what you should eat and what you should avoid. So, go right? on. What does it say? What does it say Mine about says you? increase my folic acid and fibre. I've always Basic. said about you. Yours says you need more antioxidants, vitamin D, calcium and omega-3. What's your... Ta- All right, I see what you're doing. As a sort of nearly vegan, right? You're dividing your this up into rounds and you're saying who's winning each round. Is that what you're doing? Omega-3 is going to be low. Your vitamin D. Do you get out in the sun enough? I'm out there in the sun. You take Reach it you out. Take magnesium to, so that you can use the vitamin D from the I'm sunlight. Of course, you don't. What about milk and magnesium? 
I drink that by the pint some mornings. <laughs> now, hold on. All right, so you're breaking this down into rounds. So you're saying increase folic acid I've and fibre. I've won increase. All, right. All I need is decrease. folic acid and fibre. You need so many things. Yeah, but I'll, I'll have that. I'll have that in a minute. I'll eat a bit of calcium and I'll eat a bit of omega and I'll eat a bit of antioxidants. That's going to take no time at all. Decrease. Look at you. Decrease your salt. Decrease your caffeine. Decrease all that dirty, saturated fat and that filthy sugar you're guzzling. There is quite a lot of mine. Refined carbs, saturated fat sugar. You've come out all of you've terrible. you've got to decrease is salt, caffeine. I'd go with caffeine. Mm. You're unbearable. <laughs> um, and grilled meat, which you've decreased down to zero. zero. How much less of that can I have? I'm just going to have to stop being near people that have it. So I'm winning that round. I've won. So it's one all, right? One all. It's, it's, it's not a race. It is. <laughs> Miscellaneous. Come on, I can win this. You are this le- is interesting because I am gluten Lactose and dairy free and... This supports that by saying I'm, it says lactose intolerant and possible predisposition to celiac. So I've I've self-diagnosed myself there. But then it says the same on yours. You're lactose intolerant. Hold on a minute. My small intestine's been inflamed. Oh, I knew that was giving me jip. But luckily I've got old large intestine. He'll take care of everything, won't you? That's right, boss. I got it covered, boss. You might want to have a word with your little colleague. Oh, I'll talk to him, boss. I'll talk to him. My intestine's there, just chatting away (laughs) to each other. Um... Low sensitivity towards carbohydrates. Low fat sensitivity. Why am I so low in sensitivity? They good things to be low sensitive. I think it means you. I don't know. What I'm that not means. sensitive. There's to a them. graph that we can look at more for a visual sort of uh, guide mm. to this. I need more vitamin B in the diet, and I, you, my you optimal have Medi- dietary type is Mediterranean. So yeah. is yours. I've looked at your chart. You should be out in the Mediterranean, mate, like a fisherman, like Stavros, it's with not a shirt sleeves rolled up, with a fisherman's cap on your head, just looking off wistfully. You can't cope in the modern world. You should be in a fishing harbour in Cyprus. You should be. What was that old show that used to be on? Do you remember it? My children El are animals. Oh, El Dorado. <laughs> be like someone in that. I ain't like Marcos. Is it Marco? There was two women I was in love with. From they that were program. gorgeous, weren't they? And then it got axed. Why did you axe it? Why didn't you it's stick with it, holidays. BBC? Listen, Beeb, bring was back El Dorado. Me as your star. I'm like your star. Sure. Build it round me. Build it round me. Anyway, fitness. Mm. Right, basically, this, this is the big fitness difference. Right? Shows a natural... Oh, my DNA shows a fast recovery rate from exercise. I think yours does too, actually, because I've looked at... There's, not everything's on this. Fitness. Crazy. Very fit. No, there's Very a difference. sexy. You're, you're, you've evolved to be good at like long-distance running and stuff, right? Am you, I? You've got no muscular yeah. strength. What's it? Hold on a minute. You I'm have endurance, you genetically. You should see me doing pull-ups at the gym the other day. I've got 50-50, right? Ugh. So in history, <laughs> no, you would one thing or the other, are a you? greedy little man who runs between <laughs> villages warning of like, invaders or something. <laughs> Who can just jog all day and just eat two raspberries and get to the next village. <laughs> Guys, they're coming. I've just got to tell you. Oh, I've got another four villages to do. That's you. That's what you've evolved as. A sort of long, sort of beanpole oh, man. Between. A beanpole running along the coast warning people. I ain't that a there are beanpole. People like me coming. People who are muscular and have weaponry, but also are endurance. You wouldn't be allowed in any of those villages anyway. I'd say there's someone... That's why I'm going. I'm going there to pillage them. I'd say there's someone from the Mediterranean wheezing along, some beaded (laughs) bloke who stinks of calamari. Hopeless wretch. He's got every illness you could possibly imagine. Have a look at his chart. Give us another raspberry. I'm off for a sprint. And that ain't rhyming slang. Oh, I'd have been very popular back Um, in them old Paleolithic times. No, you were just sort of like 
a long, Look, I'm like, on some sort of miles. messenger, boy. You'd walk miles to the watering hole, then you'd walk miles <laughs> back, completely pointlessly. <laughs> I'm not my going people, po- I'm not going on evolved. trips. To we the hunted animals, we took Listen, them down, and we was. feasted for days. We was wanderers <laughs> of the earth, wanderers of the earth. The <laughs> earth was our great lover, and we troubadour wanderers of the planet made love to every vine, I to every no. berry, you saw enemy to ships every on the river, horizon, and you all just quickly. <laughs> Picked up all your stuff <laughs> and you ran for miles and days into the Welsh woods. Hogwash! <laughs> what Welsh. Welsh with his tan? Nonsense, mate. I'd have been there with the originals out there That's in Africa. Why you've got that tan? Because your ancestors ran all the way from Italy because they got spooked. <laughs> <laughs> your ancestors sat around on some coastal village popping their blisters, worrying themselves sick, won't lifting even move. weights, we were lifting big rocks and going, like that. Emroids popping and out of your little bodies. He's happening again, guys. The tough guys are back. Come on, let's try and run to Greenland. That's what you did. My ancestors, they're fine, noble, lean people. You've you just come from a bunch of circles, bolder people, fleshy slabs. No, 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 I don't think you'll make it even another generation. You, jogging around prehistory. Let's get the hereditary ones back because I think there's going to be soon. some pretty good secrets coming out about Matt Morgan now. I think we're going to get to the bottom of well, this Well, anyway, I think I've won the DNA fitness thing. <laughs> no way, no way. <clears throat> we both have a higher genetic risk of soft tissue injury, so at least we can bond on that. <laughs> Hold on, where's yours? You know, no, no, me... I think I come out of this looking pretty good. I mean, look, I can endure. Hold on a minute, I can, and I've got power activities. I can do, this yeah, says here I can achieve anything I want. This says dreams can come true. The sky's the limit for this guy. No, it's like, We've never seen DNA well, like it. Read it. For a minute, we thought we'd mixed it up with Conor McGregor. This boy's going to the Listen top. To this. this is you. So, shows a natural leaning towards endurance, as I said, mm. within exercise rather than power. Now, thanks to DNA Fit for doing that thing for us. That was wonderful. Really now, good. I'm we're gonna glad have, to... It was good. We're going to find out yet more. But only one can survive. <laughs> now, uh, if they had told us something really bad, so you were like a you know a massive like because there's like genes that mean you're really susceptible to certain types of cancer or something. I wonder oh, if they no. tell you that well just hold it back i wonder i don't know Let's find when are out. we going to tell matt about the uh extra bit of information what? <laughs> <laughs> all right thanks dna fit for doing that and now it's time for just to see what makes radio x tick Let's just have a look. In fact, no, actually, we're going to name it after Brian Adcock forevermore, aren't we? Brian Adcock, here are the Adcocks. Radio X. Russell Brand. Yeah, boy. Oh, listen to Russell Brand on Radio X. We've got an email here because we've decided to start helping others, Matthew, haven't we? Yes. This email's from someone called Jay. Hi, Russell. He's only addressed me for reasons that will become clear. I wanted to get your advice on how to be good with women. Mm, that's your first mistake, sexism. How did you get to be good with women? Mm, sexism. I seem to be that lame guy that can just approach a few girls but can't seem to get them to chase me or be the prize. Thanks, Jay. Mm, sexism, Jay. That's your problem, mate. Sexism! Got to tear that right up, but I will help you. Now, what you've got to what do... What is sexist about that? Yeah. Well, firstly, it's... Desire, you've isn't? gone from one extreme to the other. No, I ain't. I've not been near any extremes. That's objectification and commodification. You'll never get nowhere like that. Chasing women, getting women to desire me. It's the wrong attitude, mate. We worked for you for a few decades. Very successful. Very successful technique. But I must <laughs> say, I've rode it till the wheels came off. So, uh, well, what I reckon, Jay basically wants to tackle the issue of feeling... Also, what I've noticed... 
with things like this is people not addressing the problem actually. So say Jay might think that, oh, he wants to, in inverted commas, get women. What's the problem really? He low self-esteem, wants to feel more valued, wants companionship, wants fun. It's in a way, it's, it's an analytics issue. That's what I think. Yeah, like this. maybe. Don't you think? I mean, like, because yeah. if his objective is, even if he's, say his stated objective was, I want to sleep with lots and lots of different people, and I don't even want to get known or nothing, right? Then you could help him with that. I'm very good. That's <laughs> that's my area of expertise. But I'd have to say, well, that's probably, mate, you've got to look at your motivations because there's probably something else going on. I think you're right, actually. <clears throat> if he just thinks, what is it I really want to do? Like, say it was rock climbing, and he goes to yeah. a rock climbing club, then at least he'll meet people who want to do what he wants to do. Yeah. There'll be some common ground, yeah. and then love might blossom. What he's talking about is he's in a bar, which he's probably not comfortable Awful. in, horrible environment. Sticky floor. And then he doesn't probably look right for that scene. Smell. And then he walks over to women, and it's just not working. And you've got your objective front and centre. You're like, the whole mindset is wrong, thinking that another person can make you feel better, thinking like looking at other people without thinking of their personal integrity. I mean, it's a mistake that all of us make when you see someone that's desirable to you. I think you extract them from their... Their essence inadvertently and unthinkingly if a person's physical appearance chimes with what your inner coordinates or your inner fantasy your inner expectation is but then I don't <coughs> think you can have a real connection so I reckon you're right I reckon, what you got to do Jay is you got to go either rock climbing or like dressing up and doing civil war reenactments or oh, whatever it is you're into through that. I think that's all men mate Jay do not go on a civil you war reenactment you want to marry a 50 year old pikeman <laughs> <laughs> if you want to marry around dead if you want to <laughs> and why wouldn't you jay why not indeed i think because also what he's thinking is that the the women stand somewhere and the men have to approach them right mm. why can't he start living attractively just doing his own thing and then let women approach him yeah common it's common interest isn't it you find yeah. out the thing that you're into yeah go for that and then you meet people that are into that same thing then you've automatically got common ground for conversations exactly. i also would like to suggest dancing why not do some I dancing? Went dancing once. Go to a dancing club. What did you go to, mate? When uh, I think it was a previous incarnation of this show, I was I went mm. to do salsa dancing. Oh, I do remember and that. And they were short of men, right? What happened? Well, I don't. Well, none of that happened. Oh. But I could have done. I think I had a girlfriend at the time. But it was like it was like mm. five men to about twenty women. Hello, Jay. It, but what was annoying was, didn't matter how good looking the man was, yeah. if they were good at salsa, so it was like a couple they of old the boys girls. there who were good at it, yeah. the girls flocked around them. It it's was a worse new economy. For my I, did, I did the same thing. There was this old Where did you old, go? I went to some place, I can't remember what it was, in, in in Brixton or Stockwell somewhere. And there was for, this old For salsa. Yeah, for salsa. And there was this old, old guy and he could he could yeah. dance like amazingly and he was basically dancing with five women at the same time. What do you mean? Seriously. And Honestly, it all yeah. goes on. Jay, salsa's the answer. Never mind rock climbing or civil war reenactment. You want to salsa your way into all sorts of strangers' undergarments. But do remember, of course, that people shouldn't be objectified, commodified, and unless you recognise people's essence, you'll never really be happy. What's happening with the world? What is happening? Actually, haven't we got... Hold on a minute. Instead of talking about vile sex dolls, we could be talking about our lovely friend, Br- bloody Adcock. Brad Adcock, Bradcock, Bradcock, Brian Adcock, Bradley Adcock, 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 Brian Adcock. But first, an advert. Dear Britain, we know you can't wait to take off again to the people and places you love, to feel the sun on your face and the sand down your shorts, or just read and read and read until you feel happy and glorious once more. 
Take off to Europe from £39 each way. British Airways. Made by Britain. T's and C's apply. Limited availability. Price based on a return fare departing London Heathrow in September. See ba.com slash late for details. Russell Brands Radio. X. Adcock. We all my Adcock. Is he there? Because now Brian Adcock, he reached out to us saying that, um, that he wanted our help with a political cartoon and he would let us help him to get something in the newspapers. I mean, he's in the more every day. He's a political cartoonist. Are you there, Brian Adcock? I am. Where do you live, mate? Uh, Norwich. What the hell Lovely are you doing Norwich. there? Are you having a nice time? I am, yeah. I am. I'm just sort of sitting here today. The sun is sort of shining occasionally. I'm looking out the window. And, uh, yeah, it's nice. I'm sort of having a day off, really. Why? What did you do? Go for a stroll? You been for a stroll? No, I haven't been for a stroll yet, but I oh, will mate. be taking a dog for a walk. Get a out there. What are you doing? Who do you live with there in your house? You, your dog, anyone else? Me, my dog, and my wife, and me, me, me daughter, who's only 17. 17. And uh, it's nice. It's quite sort of um, rural. There's, like, a nice big sort of parky area and stuff. It's lovely. Is it nice in your studio doing them drawings, or do you get feel trapped in alone? No, no, I don't get I don't get trapped. If I'm doing it for a long time, you know, like uh, day after day after day, I do get a bit stir crazy. But I don't do them every day. I do them uh, uh, on uh, well the Sunday cartoon and the Monday cartoon. So the rest of the time is is. You know, his mind to do other things. Hold on a minute, that sounds suspicious. What do you get up to with the rest of this free time in Norwich, Brian? <laughs> well, actually, I, I like to do a lot of meditating. I do a lot of transcendental meditation, oh, which me also helps me with, you know, coming up with ideas for Ooh. cartoons. You go into the transcendent realm, you repeat a yeah. mantra, the li- yeah. limitless circuit of thoughts temporarily abates, and an image will come to your mind. Is that right? Something like that, yeah. Something will just just pop in, or or maybe I've been having thoughts about certain things, and it sort of clarifies it more. And mm-hmm. uh, I've been doing that for a few years now, and and it's it's you know it's quite effective, isn't it? Yeah, it does. I think it's very good for creativity, transcendental meditation. I imagine mm. any form of meditation, contemplation, and inner connection is good for creativity because where is creativity coming from? Where are these ideas coming from? If you have a better yes. relationship with a source, it's better. Go on then. So what's, tell us about doing being a political cartoonist. Tell us how your brain has to work. You're watching the news. Do you get directed by an editor? How does it work? Uh, well, yeah, you do a lot of news watching and not news listening watching, lots of satirical programmes listening to you, listening to all kinds of things, watching horrible things like Fox News. just have to be constantly aware of what's going on in the world, really. Mm. Mm. What did you do then? Hold what was on, that swallowing sound? What's going on? What was that? I just had a, had a drink. I just, just was a bit thirsty. I just what had do you drink. have? What was it, Brian? Gin. It was, it was, um, it was blackcurrant juice. Blackcurrant's oh, really good for you. You're so sweet. I want to give you such a cuddle. You sat drinking <laughs> blackcurrant juice in Norwich and coming up with cartoons. Yeah. You're so kind and lovely, aren't you? All right, coming in. Tell us what. Like, does the editor go right this week? You want something on Trumpkin's pumpkin, and you think, oh no, what am I going to come up with now? It's yeah, pretty hard. much. It was. Um, hold on, what did I do? Actually, I done one ahead of time because I had a big family thing going on yesterday. You can't predict so the news, card- mate. You're not Jesus. I know, I know. It's not. It's very irregular, and um, I'm surprised. But they couldn't get anyone to stand in for me, so I did do Trumpkin pumpkin. I did. Um, uh, I did. What else? I done um, Kim Jong Un with like a nuclear explosion coming out of his ridiculous hair. Oh, nice. And I'd done uh, Theresa May sitting on a Brexit egg that had 
sort of cracked and mm. all rotten egg had come out. Oh, mate, that's disgusting. What'd you do that, that for? Is, that's it's disgusting. <laughs> While I was asleep <laughs> on a beach somewhere. You were asleep on a beach and you'd done that. Right, so I suppose with a cartoon you're trying to evoke powerful images. You are, yeah, that's exactly what you were doing. And ever, 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 every now and again, you just can't get it, you know. The news is really slow. And uh, I, I'm working generally Sunday morning, so I'm listening to you guys. Aww. So I thought, I wonder if, I wonder if they could just give me an idea today that I could, you know, that I could draw. We're going to. So you're going to? Yeah, we love you, don't we, Brian? You're one of the loveliest people we've ever had. Oh, but before we go any further, and... Please let me apologise in advance for the lowering of the tone. Matt Morgan has a question. Hello, oh, Brian. On. Hello. Hi, Matt. Um, do you have to pitch? Do you pitch the idea to the editor before you draw it, or do you do a mock-up, or do you just draw it and send it in, and if they don't like it, they don't use it? How does it work? Yeah, no, you do, you do pitch it. So um, uh, we might agree, say, we want about Trump this weekend or whatever. Trump is obviously appearing a lot, and Brexit is appearing a lot. And, like, well, this week, you often get censored. They have a team of lawyers, you know. Right. And I did have Trump, like, with his trousers and pants down, sort Ooh, of showing the world, if you like. Mate. And they went, a mm, bit much, a bit much. So I had to sort of change that. Yeah, because it was too frantic. Did you do his eyes rolling back in his head, going white? No, no I didn't, because I don't actually draw his eyes. I just draw these, like, little puffy things <laughs> where his eyes should be. <laughs> you just do puffy things instead of his eyes? You're taking all sorts of diabolical liberties. Yeah, totally. That's the fun of it. And also, Brian, do you use, do you like, do, uh, are you just sort of traditional medium or do you use a computer? Uh, well, both actually. I use uh, like an old fashioned dip pen and you oh. dip it in the ink and you yeah. draw on, on nice smooth paper and then I scan it in and then I just colour it all in Photoshop. Uh, so when's your so next? It's a combination of the old and the new. Oh, it's a combination of the old and the new. It's lovely. Mm. You're working, you're spanning time. Now, Brian, when's the next issue that you've got to do a cartoon for, mate? Uh, this. I'm working this Friday, so that will be out on Saturday, and I'll Friday. be working Saturday, so that will be out on Sunday. All right, so I think we should do one for Sundays because this show will be going out on Sunday, and I think yeah. that's the one we want to help you with. All right, yeah, so what's, do that. What, tell me what stories you've got on your mind, Brian, and then uh, we'll tell you some stories what are on our mind. All right, then. Well, it's a little bit difficult because it's a few days away, and, yeah, and news you know, ain't anything yet. could happen <laughs> between now and then. But it's, it's generally, you know, uh, Trump does something bonkers almost every day. Um, <laughs> Brexit is constantly in the news one way or another. Um, and then there is, of course, North Korea doing all kinds of nonsense. I see you like the so, old geopolitics, do you, mate? You like to be on the I global I do, actually. Thing. Things that really get to you, you know, they, they really inspire you. You, know, you get angry and that really sort of comes through in what you draw. So you're angry the, about the, the Donald thing, Trump doing it to the old world and you draw him with his very, puffy eyes yeah, having that, it off well, very much. You're too yeah, angry because the anger's unprintable. Yeah, sometimes it is. You have to sort of calm down a bit sometimes, you know. I think, right, there's this big fight this weekend, isn't there? Between, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Conor McGregor, McGregor and and that's Ooh. in the ether, yeah. And the okay, imagery of that, and also, like, so you could have like Trump versus someone else. <laughs> oh, that's I a really good idea because links are often used in cartoons. You know, you you use some sort of thing that's going on in the news and then link it with the the, the other political thing that's going mm. on. So that that's an excellent idea, man. Also, because they 
It's like boxing and MMA. It's like a mixture. It's a mis- and it's a, in a way, it's a mismatch, and it's a carnival, isn't it? Yeah. It's like a carnival. Uh-huh. Now, uh-huh. what about this to try and incorporate it? Like, what about right. that thing where Big Ben's bong's been broke for four years? <laughs> Big Ben ain't going to bong for five years. There'll be no I bong. Yeah. So what about that? And that's the, it may be instead of, like, the bell ringing, there's the Big Ben's bong. is like a sort of, uh, it's like an image, like the corner man. And is it is it time to call tight? Like, on Sunday, we'll know the result of McGregor. Mayweather, mm. we've got to say Mayweather's going to win it. Much as I love uh, Conor McGregor, like because uh, that is his discipline. So, but like, I don't think people come to this show for boxing punditry. Um, like, so, um, like so people just ran to the bookies off the back of that. <laughs> what? Oh my God! Ben three six five. Like so, other bookies are available. So, so that you can use this Big Ben image. You can have people fighting now. What? Who is Trump's going to be one of them? Do you want him to be knocked out? Could he be knocked out by Lady Liberty, the Statue of Liberty, but with her top pulled down? <laughs> with her top pulled down? I don't know why I said that. you say that. I have Boxing. drawn that before, that similar image. But she why? Was, oh, what, was he Covering up. Then? Covering up. Well, he was dressed up as her, and he was saying to her, you're fired, and she was sort of naked, but, you know, in a tasteful way. Oh, yeah, of course, Yeah, but Brian. something like that could <laughs> no, definitely work, It's obvious from yeah. talking to you that it's good taste is the watchword by which you do your drawings. Well... I suppose my personal politics would be on on the the left side, you know. Well, it's quite clear. It's quite clear that you're some sort of foaming, rabid communist fellow (laughs) scribbling away in the independent. (laughs) Go on then. All right, so I think Matt's idea there of that, McGregor, and that big bent, because this will be exciting for us. If on Sunday that's the drawing, I think we're all going to go absolutely balmy. But the only thing is the opponent. Who is the opponent for for Trump? You could... It's a bit weird then, but I was thinking because it's a black man and a white man, and you've got all that racial struggle going on in America, and that oh, fight is in America, oh. uh, then you might yeah, look like you're implying Conor McGregor's kind of racist, racist, and he's not. No, probably. no one would... Re- 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 yeah, yeah. That, that might, that might work. That we bit. might be able to work around that. Also, I would, have to say, I, I would have to get this past my my opinion editor, to Holly Baxter, lovely Holly Baxter. Come on, Holly! Give Brian a free reign. Come on, Holly Baxter. Let the facts speak for themselves in Brian Adcock's brain. Don't overly censor this wonderful man. He's wandering around Norwich, crying again. He's drinking black currant. He's drawing Donald Trump. He's making the political world look like a bunch of... Yes, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) What about Donald Trump, Martin Luther King? In a fight. Donald Trump what? Martin Luther King. Who's winning? Donald Trump. Ooh, yeah. Because I think Martin Luther King would have won. Because Donald Trump, when you see him in profile, he's very elderly and jowly. Martin Luther King says something about politics, and then Trump says, hey, but that's not my discipline, or something like that, because he's come from yeah, business. Yeah, something like that. And, of course, we don't know the result and have to be drawn before the result, so that might You're gonna be... You're going to have to make it not dependent the on the result. Maybe the crowd against them, something like that. The whole crowd would be... Yeah. But, but not Brian, all the crowd would be... We can't do all the work for you, Brian. <laughs> You know, we can yeah, I'm going to have to give it some thought, you know. We can hold I'll your give it hand. Some thought. We can hold your hand, but we can't carry you, bro. I'll we do can... some sketches and send them your way and send them Holly's way and see if we can come up with something. We want Holly Baxter to be a bit more cooperative because I get the sense that Holly has been a bit of a draconian sensorial <laughs> editor, hasn't, hasn't she? No, she's all right, actually. She's well, pretty good. Just from listening to your voice, it's coming across that Holly's a bit vicious. <laughs> <laughs> Holly, like the plant you're named after, you're sharp and you're cruel and you're ruining Christmas! <laughs> Holly Baxter! Whether it's a thorny leaf or a type of soup, every part of your name points to deprivation. 
Well, oh, Brian, no, 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 we love her. We're <laughs> mucking about. I was only mucking about now. Sorry, Brian. Sorry, I was being stupid then. All right, so I think Matt's given you some good ideas there using that Conor McGregor thing. But my worry as a political cartoonist might be that, um, like, that sometimes they are resemble other political cartoons, what's coming out in The Guardian or The Times or The Financial yeah, That must Times. be hard. How do you work around that? Uh, keep it well, they sometimes you do. You know, you draw the same thing and you can't do anything about it because uh, the news is what it is and so the next day you might just draw exactly the same thing that's, that's just that's just could how it is but that happens really rarely <laughs> could you draw me in the background just standing there just I'm looking just really in front s- of him draw I me. have drawn you in political cartoons before oh, Russell. let's have a look let's have a look to draw me looking a bit sad about the future and that like I'm really troubled by it and I'm thinking about it a bit like Jesus <laughs> all right then, Brian. Don't be swayed by my stupid ideas. People have made that mistake in the past. Like we actually, you drew me around the time when my book Revolution came out, did you? Um, I've done, done a couple of big drawings of you just as caricatures, but then I, I done another one where you were getting. You might not like this. You oh were, no! You were Come getting squashed by a oh. steamroller. A steamroller? Yeah, but it, but it was it was. Um, pro you in a way because what happened was you'd have been on an anti-austerity march oh, yeah. and the next day the Tory government um, announced 12 billion more in cuts so it's the cartoon was fault, can it? so, <laughs> so uh, the steamroller was driven by Osborne and he was squishing a load of people uh, including your good self oh thanks so it's well, obvious that you like me I want to come around your house in Norwich and touch that dog you come around and touch my Minnie. She's got purple hair at the minute. <laughs> That's a spirit. No further explanation required. You come around here and touch my Millie. She's got purple hair at the moment, Brian. Because of blackcurrant juice. Sloshed <laughs> <laughs> all over us. Sloshed. Too much gagging. Now, Brian, I think we're going to nurture this friendship. Matt, you were going to say something else. What did you want to say, Matthew? I uh, just wondered if you know, if you're mates with all the other political cartoons, you have some sort of contact where you I go, know Chris I'm Dale. doing this. I'm not you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Brian, that question was yeah, for you. Yeah, we do, actually. We have, we have a club and we all get together uh, at least once, at least twice a year, really. There's a cartoon awards that happen. Oh. Oh. Sort of in October, and we are all sort of pals and invite stuff, us, and, uh, invite us, are you inviting us to the Cartoon Awards. What do you like at school? You are very, very welcome to come to the Cartoon Awards and do a little speech and everything if you want. Oh, thanks. Oh, let's give oh. a little speech. Come on, we'll go. What was it like when you was at school? Were you all right? No, not not really. No. <laughs> oh, mate, what I, was going on? Well, I, I think I've got ADHD, and I found it kind of difficult to concentrate, so I just mm. used to draw cartoons the whole time. Oh, his little spirit. That, was, that became your job, so. He's not saying that. And that became a job, yeah. Oh, Brian, you're so lovely. I wish it was okay for me to cuddle you. Where are you? Let's see if I can get there out quickly. Norwich, Brian Adcock. That would be nice having a cuddle. <laughs> well, wouldn't it, Brian? What's wrong with a little cuddle just once What's in a while? What's wrong with a nice little cuddle? Nothing, is it? We need more cuddles in this world. We definitely need more cuddles, yeah. What we need is a real revolution of love, and I think we can work towards that. That's really... If I could do that in a cartoon, I would be happy. Well, you can, can't you? Just do a couple of people cuddling, just say, I'm sick of all this cynicism. Might lose his job. <laughs> Drawing some people cuddling. It, but I'm not sure Holly will go for it. Of course she won't. <laughs> Vicious! Damn you, Baxter! Damn you! <laughs> Holly Baxter. Oh, she's crushing our creativity, but by God, does she fill my heart with love. All right, Brian, thanks. I hope you'll come on this show again. You've been a wonderful guest, and hopefully we'll follow up on the cartoon and the challenges you've faced. I would love to. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for being an inspiration. Well done for following your heart and staying an illustrator right there from Mm. his childhood dream. See you Mm. later, mate. Ta-ra, bye. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Oh, wasn't he lovely? Loved him. Oh, he was so lovely and he was so warm and natural and just himself. I've, I, I could probably stay around his house for a week. I don't think you were invited. <laughs> I'm just saying that, that I could be oh, there for a week stand. and I'd be relaxed. Yeah, yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Most people, when you think, oh, I'm going to get nervous after a while around there. Yeah, or, I think he'd be lovely. All right, Russell, I bought you a cup of tea up. Why are you giving him that voice? It's so not talking, that well, decrepit. Hold on, how did he talk then? Hello, sort of like that. He was kind of No, you've made nice. him too nasal. That's too nasal. But yours was like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I loved him and I loved Brian Open Adcock. that door. Ah, <laughs> oh, Brian Adcock. I love him. I love everything about him. What can't... Is it already the end of the show? Is it? Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have brought you the very... That's as close as we can get to being entertaining. We literally tried our hardest. Now, whatever you think of it, that was us doing our level best and from that madness, a poet has been waiting like a man perched on a shore with a fishing line. What ideas, what words will you have plucked out? Now, if you've listened to the whole show, listen to this poem and see how has G woven them into the tapestry of wonder that is Mr G's poem. Here he is, Mr G. Yes, okay. This poem is called Home is Where the Laugh Is. Home is a concept, a caricature of our personal smile. A house is a conscious construct from which no soul should be denied. And if our selfies only inspire us to survive the briefest moments in life, can the concept cuddle the construct to avoid the friction of fire next time? Look inside your inner line and you'll find the honeypot inside. Our genetic cartoon that draws the nectar which can't be artificially designed. Look inside your inner trout and have it tickle your own mind. For home is where the laugh is, our true companion for survival. For a home is but a concept, a caricature of our personal smile, and a house is a conscious construct from which no soul should be denied. Woo! Mr G there! He's created that poem. How has he done it? What sources did he find? Like Brian Adcock summoning up cartoons from his childhood right to the present day. If you nurture that genie, if you look after that gift within yourself, who knows where it will carry you? Join us next week for more of this Radio X wonder. But who knows what we will achieve in the interim? What kind of men will we be by then? Who alone knows? We've we'll done our Edinburgh interview that'll have been done matt so possibly we won't be talking anymore so this could be the last radio show that we ever do because me and matt will have in the interim we'll be having Edinburgh. in a minute it's going to be smarty pants is it or is it going to be tony adams's radio show that's <laughs> so, gordon smarty pants the beloved will be on next but before that that before gordon let's just let's just sit for a while and think of brian adcock let's listen to the adcock russell brand radio X. And here we are. What a show that was. Wow. Wow. One of the greats. Yeah. One That's up there. That one will stand the test of time. I we'll imagine. survive. That's a survivor. Survival show. Well, you're just going to sit down for this bit, are yeah, you? Yeah, sometimes I sit down for this bit, Matt. I really like I'd like old, old Russ likes to take the weight off and try a different tone for this bit. <sighs> opera singer turned horse trainer sings Mozart in the stables. An opera singer turned horse trainer says she gets the best out of her steeds by singing arias at them. Heather Main struck... Interesting name for a horse expert. Heather Main strolls around her yard, trotting out the classics, and the horses respond by launching into a high-pitched whinny. Some even dance behind the stable doors. It may be unorthodox, but Heather claims the amazing rapport has led to some impressive results on the track. American Heather, who switched careers after marrying a vet, says, First, I would like to stress that I'm neither Barney <laughs> nor living in fairyland. <laughs> That's funny that you have to offer that as a precursor. Uh. Well, now what, she oh. said. When I start singing, the horses lean out of their boxes and join in. They don't join in. Mm. <laughs> 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 
They prick up their ears, they look up and whinny. Some even dance. Mozart's their favourite. It's proving to be a great way to get them relaxed and boost their well-being before a race. Holding a trainer's licence led Heather to abandon her busy stage career, which included solo performances at the Royal Albert Hall and the Barbican. Singing to the horses might sound crazy, but it works, and that's all it does work. that matters. Why? Cause it's I wonder if animals, like you know, like discordant noise, mm. like, is bad. Mm. I wonder if music, like beautiful music to an animal, is beautiful, or if it's just all noise. If they can discern. Well, Shakespeare does say that music soothes the savage beast. Now, I think he means the savage beast within man, but perhaps he means literally the but, beast. I mean, what about snake charming? If it, if it, if it pumps them up. Right, maybe it's not relaxing them. Maybe it's kind of traumatizing them. them. Yeah, right. We don't know because yeah. our 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 idea of a good result might be different from the horse's result. We might say, it's oh, like we're trying to get away from her singing, bolting away from a she says, woman singing opera in a stable. I'm neither balmy nor living in fairyland. And then this is the most Disney-fied thing I've ever heard. When I start singing, the horses lean out of their boxes and join in. Yeah, that's not. That happening. does sound like something from a Disney cartoon. That sounds. I think that's literally in Beauty and the Beast. What are you doing? <laughs> Get back on your mic. He's walking around doing things. <laughs> Sometimes I walk around and do a thing. Helps me to feel relaxed. Yeah, well, I don't know, man. I think Heather's... Let's, let's just see. The results speak for themselves. If Heather's horses start winning... Hang on. What's interesting about this, right? She was a successful opera singer. Mm. Busy stage career. Included solo performance at Royal Albert Hall and the Barbican. So she's chosen to please horses over men and she's, women. Yeah. She's found that hum- she's looked at humanity and found it wanting. Not like that, G. <laughs> You're funny, man. <laughs> Grow up. Mean it like that. <laughs> you did. I didn't. You looked at me. You just looked at me. I looked at you to see if you were going to giggle, and you did. Okay. And so you've failed that test. No, 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 dismal, dismal. Russ, Matt, G. Last week, talking to Freya Jacka, the funeral lady, Russ's suggestion that being around death increases sexual energy was shouted down and dismissed as part of his trademark over-sexualisation of everything. That's not trademarked. I'm just doing that for free. But on this occasion, he's right. I knew it. I knew I was right. The physician and psychiatrist, Axel Munt, writes in his book, The Story of San Michaela, about working in Naples during a cholera epidemic. The confused and hazy sexual energy builds to the point that he and a nun start snogging each other in a convent next to the dead body of an abbess. Mm. Confused, Munt writes... Now in Naples, I'd wanted to throw my arms around every girl I set eyes on. What new fear was making my heart beat so tumultuously and making the blood rush through my veins with fever speed? What had happened to all these people around me? Were they all drunk with the new wine or had they gone mad with lust in the very face of death? Later thinking about his time working in cholera-ridden Naples, earthquake-shaken Messina, or the blood-spattered Somme, he offers this explanation. The battle between life and death is regulated in its minutest details by an immutable law of equilibrium. Wherever this equilibrium is upset by some accidental cause, be it pestilence, Matt, earthquake, me, or war, G, vigilant nature sets to work at once to readjust the balance, to call forth for new, new beings to take the place of the fallen. Compelled by the irresistible force of the nature, law, men and women fall into each other's uh, natural law. Men and women fall into each other's arms, blindfolded by lust, unaware that it is death who presides over their mating. His aphrodisiac in one hand, his narcotic in the other, death, the giver of life, the slayer of life, the beginning and the end. Well, that's I mean, that's pretty moving pretty deep, and yeah. amazing. 
So, so everyone gets so. All oh, right. So when this person so says it, mortal. Yeah. Well, the way they've Marco described it with actual bloody Poetic. information and proper research, not you just going. Yeah, I've heard everybody works in a cemetery. It's got a stiffy. <laughs> essentially, what you said. It's more than one type of stiff down the old mortuary. I'll tell you that. There's a stiff corpse and there's a stiff fella downstairs poking around in the embalming fluid. That's interesting though, because you'd think. In like nature, right? If there's a disease around, you just you sort of shut up. If ever it makes people just leg it and go and have sex with people 100 miles away, but it's not. not how nature works, Matt. It's not how nature works. And luckily, as you can tell from my chat with Lisa Fenton, I know about nature and I know about survival. And it's my close connection with the inner essence, with the muse, with the power that's got us all the way here to radio. Uh, that used to that bit in uh, what's it called? Airplane, where the plane's going down. And people oh, start yeah. having sex. You know that? Yeah. Mm. I think about that. She's a little boy. That woman goes, I don't think we're going to make it. Yeah, and, and they start having I don't want to divert. And then it. that woman, topless woman, runs past the camera. You did a little jiggle, mate, when you said topless. She did a big jiggle. Yeah. Did she? I did a little jiggle when I was a little boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's made me feel all trickly. When the lady goes past an airplane, I feel very unusual. My mum, when I was little, there was an advert, a shower gel advert, yeah. and the woman was laying naked on her front, right? And I kept turning the page. I was about four. And mum, I said, what are you doing? I said, well, look at that lady. It makes my willy jump. Oh. She always tells me that. But, like, you know. Why does she always tell you at your mother, do you think? She just phones me up every hour of the day and night. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew, just... when you were a boy, you used to I turn know, mother. pages of TV quick and try and glance at the underneath of a sunbathing lady. And that is why we left you outside Bernardo's with a little <laughs> Paddington Bear-style note around your anklet next to the many sexualized bracelets that you, by your own <laughs> choice, would wear, even as a boy. It's interesting, yep. though, the link between death and sex. Yep, petit mort, French word for orgasm. And the, I suppose the suspension of self, the suspension of self that can occur in that transcendent moment and the union of sexuality, that key moment where you lose yourself in the sexual act. I suppose when I was out there having a, lots of old sweet swoo, one of the things I like most about it is I was not thinking at all. I was in the transcendent in present. The moment. Hmm? You were living in the moment. I was living in a moment. Obeying your primal urges. I was having primal urges, all right, also, mate. Also, didn't you used to say it to some women like, well, what about when you're an old lady? You're not going to remember not having sex with me or something like that. That so was one of my rhymes. input the idea of death and ageing. And the moment and live and in live the, in the moment. moment. So I suppose we could have given that lad Jay some more practice. It didn't work advice. when you had sex with old ladies. <laughs> no, no. But to tell you the truth, that was a much, much smaller lead time anyway. <laughs> Most of the was like, pop your teeth in there, dear. You're going to have the ride of your life. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to go down a clappers, love. Not on your nelly. I'll send you off. beer in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I mean, yeah. Uh, no, let's not get into the gruesome details, but let's just say that sex and death lived hand in hand. What was that bit? What was that nice bit about the bit where it goes once the after Death who presides over their mating. That's dark, isn't it? Imagine him standing over your bed. Go on, on son. As long as you don't, you know... Go on, his... son. <laughs> Go on. Yeah, you know, if you're going to be standing here, mate, why don't you use them bony fingertips to give us a tickle <laughs> out of the back? <laughs> Especially in the last third. You know what I mean? When oh. I'm trying to fall that tumble over. <laughs> oh, death, you dirty old vugger. Death, giver of life, slayer of life, the beginning and the end. So old Russ was onto something, as usual, as one of the best thinkers of modern times. Remember when he came fourth in that list of cleverest people in the world behind Thomas Piketty, Naomi Klein, Yanis Varoufakis, old Russ. That's the world's cleverest people. Live with it! What's, so, does that list get done every year? 
that's just the only one that's ever going to be, and that stands for all time. That's the that's the list. They only do it every hundred years. <laughs> every hundred years they do another one. So we'll just see. I, I think I'll probably be number one by then. So old Russ was on something. Uh, all asking if people at funeral conventions are uncontrollably randy. So she well, may have been you, lying. Why did you say that? You... Marco of Yorkshire. Good email, Marco. Thank Brilliant you for that. Email. Brilliant email. What? But what? Um, so do you think you'd sort of come across that information before? Because you were saying it like, oh, I've heard this thing. Well, I heard from an ex-girlfriend that a, a technique, that a chat-up technique, is to mention death when chatting people up because oh, it right, plants so. in the idea of finite nature. Yeah, we mentioned that. You did but say that. Old Neil Gaiman, remember that fellow that wrote the game? And was no, not Very Neil well. Gaiman. He's a cartoonist. I mean, Neil Strauss, the uh, the you know the pickup guy. Motley Crue book and the pickup book. Yeah, the game. didn't he write something? What else did he write? He wrote, yeah. um, he wrote something after the game that's quite well known. I can't remember what it is, but yeah. famously the Motley Crue. Book. He said I was good at womanising anyway, so there you go. That's, and he just said, you're doing all these things naturally. You don't need this course. And I said, well, I've paid for it now. Give us a cuddle. <laughs> I was not a course. I was having a cup of tea with him. And he was actually a nice man. And he actually is one of the people that said, God, well, what was I doing? I was completely wasting my time. It was a complete delusion. I recognise now that it was another form of addiction. I was running from myself. I'm terribly lonely. Do you think? living in a treehouse with a couple of women. Did you? He did. I didn't. Oh, right. Um, do you think, like, so, like Guam, where there was a threat of nuclear war, South Korea at the moment, mm. everyone's having it off. Oh, but they're really going at it in Guam. Wham, bam, thank you, Guam. <laughs> <laughs> Probably are, aren't they? Of course they are. Why not? Why wouldn't you? What else is there to do? Nothing. And that's the truth. Wasn't Brian Adcock absolutely bloody a darling of a man? Yeah, amazing. He yeah. was a high-level darling. The person here says, does the G in Mr. G stand for genius? No, I happen to know it stands for greedy, as in <laughs> around for the uh, credos, which he is obsessed with. Namaste, Russell, Matt and G. Hope you're having a groovy day, says Ben McCackie. Now that pleasantries have been dispensed, I've got a bone to pick with you. We don't I like that. that. We don't yeah. like it, don't do like we? It. Yeah, skeletal. Yep. Yep, like death standing behind you in an Audrey, mm. prizing open your body cheeks again, whistling up them. I don't like when you see skeletons' hands because yeah. they wouldn't. all the bits would fall off. Yeah, there's there's no nothing cartilage. supporting. There's no cartilage, there's no skin. I mean, obviously just... he's held together with spooky magic, but... <laughs> yeah, spooky death magic. Yeah. But like, it's weird, isn't it? It is, mate, it is. I was booked for your show in Torquay and you've only gone and cancelled it, ain't you? I take issue with this for two reasons. One, I'm a poor shift working paramedic and can't make the reschedule. And two, the notification email says that by way of apology, you promised to be 20% funnier. What gives? Were you going to hold back on us originally? That's no way to live your life. No, I was just going to try extra hard. I've a good mind to come around your studio with an emery board and whittle your winky down by the way of a stern but fair reprimand. Just kidding, I love you, Ben. Ben, I'm sorry I've changed that gig. I had to do it, for, I can't remember why. I think I'm going to America. But probably just turn up at another show. We'll organise it for you. Get in touch with Jenny May at Twitter using this code, um, Emery Board Sells. <laughs> now, if you use that code, we will sort you out. No one else use it, though, because otherwise that's tricky. You tricky little swains. Well, I've got anything you want to add, Matt, before I go and interview Billy Bragg? No, I'm happy. I think we've... Uh done everything we oh actually i do need to say thank you to me after that mmas oh. event me right? yeah i don't need to thank you right. 
by Will Thanks. So I did organise a lot of it and I encouraged it. Yes. And I put all uh, the there chairs was, in. Right. Uh, thank you for all my presents and all the nice things thank people bought. We well, have to say thank you. You just take things, boot them into the river and carry on. <laughs> I take them home and put them on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you have. Your eyes lit up then. They lit up. I bet you've said it. I'm going to scan for those. What are those headphones that they provided? Well, go on. So you're thanking everyone at the Matt Morgan Appreciation Yes, thank you. Society. I've got loads of presents. Erin, loads of good Jade, stuff. Jade, who else? Black Sabbath mug and a book about Black Sabbath. I got. I can't even remember now. I got a nice West Ham thing off of a lad. Thanks for that, mate. Say thank you. Hey, if I'm, thank you. Have you I'm tracked got, down I'm your? The, I haven't tracked down the bag yet. So his gift yeah. bag. Oh yeah, I think I took yours. Yeah, they had that, I knew it. They had I that. I knew it. I've, I'm keeping yeah. it. That's why <laughs> I didn't say thank you. He's yeah. not sure. He's got just a, in his boots. That's strange. I'm not known All for liking up. NWA and Fredo Frogs. <laughs> Too late now. I've eaten them and listened to them. Thrown <laughs> it in the sea. <laughs> Well, thank you, everyone. Uh, thank you, everyone. We love you more deeply you, than yeah. you can ever understand, or the, the, more than Matt and can all, thank communicate. Thank you for the letters as well. The people have written me letters. What letters have you got? Saying about letters. Little... Read them. Addressed to... to me. Proper letters. I think yeah, I should inspect letters. those letters. I don't think you should be getting your own letters. Let's have a look at these letters. Prison guard. <laughs> Dear Matt. I'm only writing to you to get to Russ. God, he's great, isn't he? So handsome and everything and clever, his opinions and whatnot. And coming so high on that list of clever clogs oh, good old Russ. Whereas you, Matt, are a bit of a scumbag. Lots of love, everyone in the MMAs, signed <laughs> with absolute sincerity by us. Anything else to add? No, just a big thank you to thank those guys. You. Thank Thanks. you. We'll see you again soon. We'll do make it an annual event. I've booked a Wembley Arena tentatively for this. I think once a lifetime. <laughs> Let's keep it special. I think Adele is going to sing us into it. With a, a cover of uh, perhaps my Noli Noli song. In fact, Noli Noli, that's, yeah, did I ever do it again? No, I don't know, maybe. I've I think we should do a radio show live and then we could have a little bit at the end where they do Q&A and we meet people. All right, we'll try and do that. Yeah, get on the road. Let's hit the road. Only a little road, though. I don't yeah, like travel. Yeah. All right, so that's the end of another podcast. We hope you're happy. Subscribe to this if you want to. But even if you don't want to, still do. And tell new people about it. Why don't you tell new people about this? What's wrong with you? Why do you not start playing it in rooms? Right. Put we're it on gonna a CD and put it through people's letterbox. Throw it through <laughs> their window. Sharpen the edges of a CD and start hurling it just willy-nilly into public <laughs> gatherings. No, don't do that. Now, uh, hold on. What's the other thing I was going to ask you? Yeah, if you can convert people to liking this thing and tell us stories of how you did that we will get you into the studio and i will give you a full body massage <laughs> i'll horse it to you baby i'll horse it you've been listening to russell brand matt morgan and mr g thank you very much thank you britain thank, thank you. you and america and everywhere this is radio x russell brand